0: This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. On Valentine's Day, there are so many ways we can show our children how much we love them that go beyond candy and cards, says pediatrician and new mom, Dr. Rebecca Fenton. She joins us this morning with 14 ways to show your children love on Valentine's Day and every day. It's our pleasure to welcome Dr. Rebecca Fenton to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, doctor. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, so let's get right to it. So what are some of these 14 ways we can show our children love?
1: So I just want to highlight a few that I think really cover the themes of the ideas of showing love beyond just um, the traditional things that you mentioned. One of those is going to be reading. I think it's such a strong foundation for children, especially in the age of screen time. There's nothing more valuable than holding a book, and they are not only learning emotions, but also words and language, and that's so key for their long-term development. The second one is really around showing love through discipline. I think we've grown up with being disciplined in certain ways, and Mm -hmm. parenting is an opportunity to be able to change maybe some of the habits that our parents had that we don't want to perpetuate for our own children. And so making sure that, one, we're celebrating the good things that we're doing and not just calling out the negative things we see, and that when there is a need to discipline or correct them, that we're doing so with love and without harsh words or physical harm. All right. One of the last things I really wanted to highlight is also kind of modeling. And so really the ways that we're encouraging our children and the words that we're using, realizing that even as parents, we make mistakes. And so it's important to say sorry and not just this assumption that parents can never be wrong. Um, And that allows children to have the humility to apologize and know that it's okay to make mistakes and to grow from them.
0: All right. Now you say mark game nights on and family activities on the calendar. Right. Why is that important?
1: I think we all have the intention of doing these types of things and you don't realize how quickly time passes until you um, have it on the calendar to be able to say, okay, this is a time that we commit. The same way that we have set hours for work or set hours for appointments, making appointments even for the things that are fun are ways for us to be able to make sure that they happen and show that they're just as important, if not even more important, than some of the other responsibilities that we have to maintain.
0: Now, number 11 on the list, you talk about nutrition and food choices,
1: So I think one is food is such an important part of how we gather together as families. There's all these research that shows that even just having a regular habit of eating together with our children at the table has not only physical benefits for them, but also emotional benefits because of that time and connection. So being able to use all the resources that we possibly have to be able to make sure that we're providing them fruits and vegetables really sets a great foundation for their health long term, in addition to being able to create a space for you to um, gather around as a family and talk about what's going on. And I think one of the other ones is just asking kids, how was your day? One of Mm -hmm. the best ways to be able to do that is at the dinner table.
0: Now that's really good. And I think I do well on that. And I think it's funny. My boys almost know what I'm going to ask. So when I first see them, how was your day? And then if they had to work or school, how was work and how was school? And sometimes they answer before I even ask the question because they know what's next because I always ask that.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful. I think it feels like not only are you uh, checking in with them, but also developing a routine where now they expect to be able to answer those questions. I also sometimes hear from parents, well, if we we're just starting that routine and my kid only says good, like, what do I do? Asking more specific questions, like what is something that you learned today? Was anything hard about your day? What was your favorite part about your day? I find that when talking with teenagers, asking those types of questions can sometimes elicit more information if the more open-ended ones don't get you very far.
0: Okay. Now, you say tell your children you love them no matter who they love. Tell
1: me about that. Teenagers are often learning who they are, and that includes how they identify and even who they're attracted to. And those answers might change over time until they kind of get to a point where they're pretty solidified in their identities. In the meantime, parents can create this very open and accepting space that just says, like, whatever the answer is really actually doesn't change how I feel about you. I think, unfortunately, a lot of we hear a lot of stories of rejection because of gender identity, because of sexual orientation. And I see teenagers who are now are afraid to even mention those things to their families because they are afraid that they will be rejected, even when in my conversations with parents, I find that I think those parents are actually accepting. So rather than just waiting for a child to come to you and disclose, their identities, I think it's helpful to just start off and say, hey, I love you no matter what, and I'm embracing of everybody so that you're kind of preempting that concern and not necessarily having that child fear that if they ever did choose to come out, um, that they would be rejected and most importantly, they would have a space where they're loved and continue to be supported throughout their lives.
0: All right. And doctor, I understand that you are a new mom. And what impact has that had on the way you are taking care of kids in your practice now?
1: have a lot more empathy like this list Um, has so many great things on it and all of those things are still true. But I also understand because from personal experience how challenging it may be to do all of this. And so I also just want to acknowledge for parents that parenting is not perfect and this is just somebody who's less than a year in the game that I realized, man, I messed that up. And so giving ourselves grace and then one day when I have a child who's old enough to be able to talk about that, expressing that to them as well. I think um, kids often see their parents as these perfect heroes who can't do any wrong. In reality, we are just people following, um, the needs of our child without necessarily follow, like there being a specific book or rules to be able to do all of this by. And so I just try to sit with parents and give them grace and realize that they're doing the best that they can. And similarly, try to say the same for myself.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Fenton. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. Really good advice, really good information. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me, and happy Valentine's Day to everyone and their children.
0: We've been speaking to Dr. Rebecca Fenton. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, you can reach out to us on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear On Air. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week. Be encouraged. Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today.